Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 127. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison. Of course, here with me today is my trusted sidekick, Kona the Podcast Dog, sweating it out in the dog days of summer here in Toronto. It's been like 40 degrees this past week. But to be honest, I love it. I will take any amount of heat you want to throw my way. To me, I will never complain about heat. You know, we have such a cold, long winter here. I will take all the heat. July was wet and rainy, so... Bring on the desert weather. We got a long weekend coming up here in Canada for Labor Day. Everyone's going back to school next week. I'll be up north camping in Algonquin for the long weekend. And the last time we went camping at the end of July, beginning of August, it was wet and cold. And so I think we've paid our dues and deserve some sunshine. It was recently described to me that August is the Sunday of the year because you get to enjoy it, but uh, you have the fall looming the way Monday looms. I mean, I've always enjoyed August because it was my birthday month. And to be honest, I think August was the best month we've had this year. So hopefully we have a delayed fall and like a nice hot September. Anyways, uh, that's more than enough about the Canadian weather. As fascinating and unpredictable as it is, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about what we love talking about the most on this podcast, and that's the beautiful art of music. And today we've got a very special guest on the podcast as we've got one of Canada's all-time greatest hip-hop artists. Of course, I'm talking about Chaos. And, I mean, ironically, I was just talking about how Augusts are like Sundays and how I like August. And maybe Chaos agrees because every day is a Saturday night, but I can't wait till Sunday morning. Corny dad jokes aside, uh, I met up with Chaos on a beautiful Thursday afternoon, right before his show with Sam Roberts and Matt Mays at the Budweiser stage, which is Toronto's amphitheater. And if you listened to the previous episode with Sam Roberts, you heard me say it was an absolutely magical night. The return of live music here in Toronto. Chaos opened things up that night, and man, it was really cool just to get to hang with him before the show. He loves the talk. We could have easily done like 60 plus minutes. Unfortunately, again, we were a little restricted on time, but hopefully we get to do this again sometime. I would absolutely love it. So like I said, we met at the Budweiser stage ahead of the show, and Chaos currently has a brand new single out. It's called Hot Boy, which also features 16-year-old up-and-coming Toronto artist KG. So go give that a listen. While we're at it, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. Chances are, if you've lived in Canada, you've heard Chaos numerous times over the years. But if not, or you're from abroad and you're listening to Chaos for the first time, here are five songs that I recommend that you could check out before or after the interview. And I mean, basically, this is a Chaos Essentials or Greatest Hits. So starting with his breakthrough album back in 2004, it was called Joyful Rebellion. I recommend the songs Crab Bucket and Man I Used to Be. And then from his 2006 album Atlantis Hymns for Disco, I recommend the song Sunday Morning. And then from his 2009 album Yes, I recommend the song I Wish I Knew Natalie Portman. And then skipping forward to his 2015 album Can't Fly Without Gravity, I recommend the song Turn Me Loose. And that's it. And like I said, if you're listening to this episode, chances are you know those songs very well already. If you're a Chaos fan tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in. We love having you here. I hope you stay for a while. And I would love it if you do all those fantastic podcast things we all ask for. That's subscribe, rate and review, five stars, of course. 
You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Or you can find us simply by searching the Adamantium podcast. All right, and that's enough from me for now. Let's hear from the legend himself, Chaos, right here on episode number 127 of the Adamantium podcast. Have the biggest, most awesome long weekend. I'm talking The Rock's cheat meal-sized long weekend. But be safe, be good to one another, and you'll hear from us here at the Adamantium podcast very soon. God bless. Cool, man. We're here with uh, with Chaos here at the amphitheater. So uh, I asked, first thing, same thing I asked Sam, you know, what, what feeling do you have this morning waking up, brink of probably the first big show in the last 18 months that we've been living in this reality? Um, first of all, it was a sunny day. Um, I'm a vet, currently a Vancouverite where the weather changes yeah. like in 15 minutes, it can just change. Yeah. I've lived in Toronto my whole life. Usually if you wake up with a sunny day, it kind of lasts the mm-hmm. whole day. So that was my first relief because it was raining yesterday. So yeah, I was yeah. like, and as it was a sunny day, I, I woke up to all these texts from like high school friends, cousins. Hey, man, because what happens, how the Toronto populace kind of moves. They're like, is yeah. it going to be a good day? Okay, it's a good day. Okay, now I'm going to the show. Yeah, they, yeah. they were trying to, they're right. maybe on the brink. Yeah. Um, and then I saw it, that was a good omen. The sun and then all these people wanting to come out. So mm-hmm. It, that right there kind of put me in a good mood. I, you know, I don't really get that nervous when I'm performing. I'm opening. I'm doing 45 minutes. It's really easy. Um, I just want to support Sam and Maddie and like hype the crowd out for them. Right, right. Um, I don't have, I don't have a band. It's just me and my DJ. We've been together for like 15 years now, and we're pretty tight. So it's kind of like the hip hop element of this okay. rock and roll show. I don't think it could be any other a better kind of lineup and fun i just feel lucky and blessed it's really surreal but then it's like there's that weird feeling that like the gods have blessed us with this beautiful day in this lineup Mm -hmm. and that it's all supposed to happen yeah so it's a a bunch of like super kid butterfly feelings with this super like kind of pimped out calmness like yeah "Yeah, i was born to do this (laughs) what what about being at at this venue because i mean you set a record here in in 2005 no doubt highest attended hip-hop show in canadian history at the time thank you uh yeah so what what, does it feel kind of euphoric being here for this show too i was gonna say thank you for knowing that you yeah. seem to know your facts yeah um, uh it is i john legend actually opened for me for that show which is also psycho and weird awesome um but uh he it's great i mean that guy was not fully present i think he was just so worried mm-hmm. about if people were going to show up and he'd never been on that such a big stage i didn't yeah. really get to enjoy it i will say this you know you're already pulling out amazing questions that are like making me really think if i had to be, <laughs> if you had to be candid and, and not bs anybody listening to this like all that timing was just, I was just like a deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah. Like getting Juno's, winning. I didn't even know what was happening. It was just like, right. I put out this song, and next thing I knew, a year later, I was, you know, doing all these crazy things that I wanted to do since I was 15. Yeah. So I think the moment I remember is that my brother, <laughs> Andrew, brought my mom in. Mm. And I after the show, I just heard Kevin. And then, and she was backstage and I was like, it was such a great moment. And I was like freaked out. And that's what I remember the most of my mom had seen the show, but the show was kind of a blur from what I remember. I came out of a telephone booth <laughs> okay, okay. and so it, it, it feels great. Um, was it a lot of 
kind of pinch me moments back then like oh, definitely were, were you able to in, kind of enjoy the moment or were you just sort of and yeah. then you're super critical of your performance i'm not you know i'm not trying to be too self-deprecating it was actually yeah. an amazing amazing experience but when you're young as we all know sometimes you don't really you're not fully there for the things you see a picture of yourself and you're like you look at that person you're like i don't even know who that person is yeah, yeah. you know and i feel like that sometimes when i look at myself but i do remember that there were these moments of just the crowd was amazing and they knew that it was the first time I heard my lyrics sung back to me with such a massive right. group of people. And that's when I knew like, yeah, you know, I could probably do this, mm -hmm. you know, like this is probably, this is probably a good career choice. And it's just confirmation of that now that I'm back here, yeah. you know, and also with friends even makes it crazier. We have a huge job to do tonight. A lot of these people coming out probably haven't been out in months. Mm -hmm. So we really got to deliver. I'm not a big rehearser for shows, but I really, really rehearse for this one because I want to make sure that I'm on point for the people. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just trying to take it in and just really be gracious that I get to be here again. And now I get to savor it. Yeah. You know, I we live in the phone world. And I'm taking phone of everything. I walk in the venue. I took a picture. I yeah. took a picture before I came in the venue. It's like yeah. social media kind of forces you to sort of take these moments in. So I'm going to go with that this time and really, really record as much as I can. Awesome. And, and you mentioned how you know we're here with, with Sam and Matt Mays. And uh, I, I saw in a recent video you posted with them that you said you always kind of have gravitated towards these rock and roll guys. Right. Can you expand on that a little bit? Like, what, what is it that, that kind of brings you to them? And um, Well, it kind of just started with, like, Fleetwood Mac as a kid. And just, like, my dad had an extensive record collection. <laughs> and in that record collection, I, you know, we weren't supposed to touch it because my dad was very pristine with okay. his records. This is, like, you know early 80s and he, he'd been collecting records since the 60s and records back then the, the artwork of those records were so so much time was put into those mm -hmm. records that you basically would flip through records and you're flipping through like magazine of like you know miles davis then there'd be like a linda ronstadt then it'd be like, you know, Deep Purple. Then it'd be like Olivia Newton-John. Then it yeah. would be like the Gap Band. And my dad, because he had such eclectic taste, I would see these people as a young age. I would. I, it was hard for me to understand, like, okay, my dad's this black guy, but he's got like Deep Purple in his, mm -hmm. in his, in his record collection. So that's when the inklings started to be like, okay, these guys are my my dad likes these guys. My dad likes these, like, you know. You know, like, you know, like, um, uh, you know, uh, the Beatles and et cetera. I got to check it out. Mm -hmm. And that's when I checked it out. And I loved it. It started with the guitar. And then I picked up a, then the Fugees came out and they played the guitars and I picked up a guitar. Yeah. And then I was like, OK, songwriting. Yeah. And that's when I started to sort of gravitate to, you know, the Sam Roberts, the metrics, the broken social scenes, um, the stills. There's so many. The Deers. The list is on of people that have influenced yeah. me because they wrote songs. Now, I'm not saying as hip hoppers, we don't write songs. But at that time, a lot of the music was geared around sampling, where you take a piece of someone else's song and flip it. Right. And so for me, I wanted to be able to write a song. I thought it would be such a feat to be able to sit down with a guitar or a piano and write a song with a bridge with a chorus and that's what made me respect those guys because that's all they did right. a lot of these guys when i met sam he was playing every instrument on his record yeah you know when i started hanging out with death from above they were like you know both those guys are fluent on all instruments so it was just like mind-blowing to see these dudes who could do this thing which i wanted to do which was yeah. make songs and then when i kind of got inducted into the family of all these great canadian rockers then it forced me to actually be good at it because it's one thing to want to try it but now you're friends with these guys they're going to hear your music yeah and they're like let's see what this guy came with under my uh, came up with under my tutelage yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean right so they're all like my kind of my tutors and my you know i i, I like to think i 
I taught them a couple of things and I've done a lot of remixes for them. I kind of, I think it worked both ways because it's them, they taught me how to write songs better. And I kind of like would remix their songs and bring a hip hop sensibility. So it's kind of like that run DMC Aerosmith thing that was sort right. of cemented in this industry is that you can take those two things. And if you smush them together perfectly, mm-hmm. it's actually a beautiful, beautiful combination. That's what we're trying to kind of bring tonight, you know, well, and your music in general, like even, even the last three singles you put out, all three are so different, completely different right. in styles. Like, do you think that your your influence from your dad and then hanging out with all these different types of musicians, do you think that affected your eclectic abilities to write songs of different natures? Um, I think so. I, I think, I mean, I, I did some research on your show and you're like, you're interviewing many different people, mm-hmm. probably because you like having conversations with many different people. Right. It's not just one type of person you want to talk to. Yeah. I think it starts from there. I mean, to sit here and be like, I'm this guy that like, does cross genre music because I'm like, I, you know, I'm just get bored. Right. <laughs> After two hip hop songs, I'm in the studio, you're building an album. Yeah, I've done, I've covered some a pretty, some pretty cool hip hop songs. I want to do a reggae song. It's just like that short attention span theater, as I call it, where you, you, you really want to move on to the next thing. And I think it also allows you to be kind of mysterious. No one really knows what you're going to come up with next. Yeah. My goal was always like, there's a new chaos track and then someone would have press play and have no idea what it's going to be. Okay. Yeah. And I think if I could have that, if I could, if I could have that relationship with the people who listen to my music, where when they press play, they don't know what they're in for. I think then I've done my job. And okay. I think that's why I go all over the I place. Always, you know, I always think that too. Like I've, I've met, especially like, like heavy metal guys, you know, when I hear some of their new tracks, I'm like, I've heard this before. No doubt. And and then when you interview them, they're like, oh, you know, I had this jazz background. I had this, you That's know, insane. I was like, why don't you throw some of that in there? You insane, know? So right? The same song again, you know? Um, I think people do that because you sort of have... fear, maybe. It's you a know? fear and also... Alienate your fans, but... Dude, and like, you know, again, what you just said about alienating your fans, this mm-hmm. guy knows what he's talking about because... That's what this whole industry, that's why the music industry, and that's why music isn't expanding. Everybody is worried about the end result. All they care about is how many likes they get. All they care about is how many people like them. All they care about is how many people watch them. And it's like you're putting the cart before the horse. You're hustling backwards. You're not supposed to be worried about what if people like you. You're supposed to be worried if you like yourself. You know what I mean? And if you like yourself, people will probably like you. Not always, but mm-hmm. it's kind of a better bet than going out there and doing it for that reason. And what the internet and the whole is social media. Look, I don't want to knock social media. I was one of the first artists to like be out there on social media and do like, you know, pay what you can, sh- you know, in shows. And I was like always trying to like push things. But what has happened with the with the with the with the tag, with the tail wagging the dog, as they call it, is that now everyone's end result is an art. End result is fame. End result is, you know, you know, a come up. The end result is some kind of money from your social media. And don't you see you can't possibly make good art if that's your end result? Maybe you can. Nothing's absolute. But it kind of incenses me how much people worry about the end result and not just making something cool that they love, that they want to share with their friends and then come from that kind of that source. So. I think that's why I fight against. That's what my passion. That's why I'm still here. That's why I'm still doing shows. That's why I'm still putting out music because I want to be that one person that does not mm-hmm. care about that. Hey, I'm a human being. You put something out there, it doesn't get as a response that you don't like. Right. You feel a bit down, mm-hmm. but that's just like when I put out my first record and it didn't sell what I wanted to sell. You, it's okay to have goals, but when your whole goal is what people think, then you become, when you care what people think, you become their prisoner. 
And I think that's, I got into art not to be imprisoned by people, but to be set free. Right. So that's why I don't, I try not to watch that too hard. I'll, yeah. I'll post something and then I, you know, go, go play basketball or go like talk to my girlfriend or do something. I don't try to like get too involved right. with that. And if it does well, so be it. If it doesn't. So that's my big goal. And I want to continue. Hopefully people get used to this, this beast called social media and they start figuring out ways to put music out there and put out there where that's the secondary thing, but maybe not because mm -hmm. maybe people will always have this drive for fame, but personally I've had it and it's not that crazy. Not, right, right, I like right. your t-shirt famous enough. That, yeah, that's <laughs> I love, man. I, yeah. I mean, that, that is a motto I've kind of lived by, you know, I, I live for opportunity and not for, not for anything that comes from it, but the opportunity to sit and talk with another artist, the moment, it, the moment, man. And that's it. And tonight, like I've been looking forward to this. I, I'm a music lover. So oh, me, I, can the tell. Last, I can tell the last two years <laughs> has been like, you know, has been torture, you know, so I've been looking forward to this night for weeks, you know, whereas Insane. you develop a new appreciation for it. And I'm sure you have too for performing in the last 18 months when, you know, 2019, I was, I was here twice a week. You know? Really? Just so you're hanging out, doing interviews or whatever, meeting really cool people. So now when you get the opportunity, when it's been taken away from you, that's what it is. That's yeah. all it's about. It's I think it's like anything else. It's like catch, getting a cold or being sick or having an injury. You know, I broke my collarbone one time and all you can do is think well, all mm -hmm. the things you're going to do when your collarbone's correct, yeah. like sleep, be able to sleep or like, you know, just simply be able to play tennis or all these things. Yeah. Sometimes the universe puts you in a situation and it takes something away from you so that mm -hmm. but then it gives it back. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I've been around for a long time. Even though I'm I'm kind of like a quote unquote godfather of the hip hop scene in Canada, I saw a lot of people come up and do and have more success in the world than I had, whether mm -hmm. it was Drake or The Weeknd. And sometimes in the back of your mind, you're like, did I really do what I was supposed to do? Or is it, am I done? Or like you start to struggle yeah. with, is this? So then, yeah, it's been, it's taken away from you. People might not care about you for a minute, mm -hmm. but then they start caring again. Yeah. But only because if you really just, as I said, love yourself and like yourself and they see that you're dedicated to your craft, yeah. if you if they can still see that you love that, then they'll still ride for you. And I think all everything that you just said, said there is culminated with us being back here at the at the Molson Amphitheater slash Budweiser stage is that it's been taken away from everybody, all yeah. of us. Sam, he hasn't been able to perform. Matt is in, he was caught out in Halifax. He yeah. couldn't be here, he, but he has a place here. Sometimes he couldn't even travel and come here. Yeah. So we're all stoked. and. We're all very grateful. There's going to be a killer energy in the arena tonight. And, oh, man. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, that, I mean, that's it for me, man. My, uh, my passion was, is music, and it's, and it's traveling culture. And uh, it's just nice to have it back. I'm going to climb Kilimanjaro in next month. So. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. can't say that you don't look like you wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to stereotype. What, yeah. why, why, what, got, what inspired that? Something I've always wanted to do. And so I plan to do it. In the last 18 months, never, never had I. My, my, my girlfriend, she did it two years ago before I met her. Insane. Yeah. So she, you're going to do it together? No. Again? So she's in school right now. Okay. And so I wanted to do it before she finished school. She went back to school to do uh, dental hygiene. Right. She finishes in December. So I wanted to do it before she was finished. So then after that, we can just do, do crazy things. things together. So, well, good luck, so I'm going to go get it done next month. And uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to, you know, obviously it's a little bit sticky traveling to Africa right now, but I mean, uh, it might, it might be, and it might not be, you just got to take care of yourself no. and you're going to be out in nature. That's the beautiful part. Yeah, it's the beautiful part. I've spoken to some, I've been to Africa before, so I've spoken to some people I've met over there. What they say. Good. They're like, yeah, I wouldn't let it hold you back. No doubt. They said, so no doubt. Anyways, uh, 
getting back to the music. okay so getting sorry. back to the music sorry one one thing you mentioned is that you want people to be able to to play to turn on a chaos song and be, not know what they're getting right so a few months back i had my spotify on and this cover of the cars came on right just what you needed and uh i had to double take i was like this, there's no way this is chaos right. okay. and so tell me tell me about why you chose to, to do that song and now um, I got stuck, not stuck, but I got locked down in my hometown, locked down in my hometown of Whitby, <laughs> Ontario. It's a song right there. All right. Right. And, uh, I was, there was a moment where bars were finally open, so you couldn't go to bars, but then it was like, now you can go to bars, but you can't, you can't, two months. yeah, you can sit by yourself. You can't like, so I went to a local, this place called the, the tap. And I went there and I was just writing, like catching up on emails, taking in the environment right in the middle of downtown Whitby, just being in my hometown and like sucking in, sucking up all the influences. Yeah. And that song came on. Ding, 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 ding. And I was like, what song is this again? And it just came on and I was like, I was obsessed. Yeah. I would drive around, you know, my hometown listening to it and just singing it. And I was like, this song, I'm going to be doing this. Yeah. And I would sing it. I would sing it so easily. It was in my vocal range. And I thought I could redo it. And then I sent it to my friend, Tom. He ends up, he used to play in the bandit on um, Canadian Canada's Wonderland. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. they used to do that song. Yeah. They used to cover it. So he knew the song inside out. It was all this, these kind of cool accidents. He sent me the instrumental. It was like so close to the original, but almost like a little more brasher. And boom, you know, the cars, their, their estate cleared the sample and I put it out. But it's just it was just this song from my childhood that I knew. Yeah. But it kind of hit just what I needed was just just I felt like that song was just what I needed. It was, it was like this whole energy of it. And so everybody was just obviously yeah. the metaphor when they heard it. They're like, yo, this is just what I needed. And I felt like people kind of need to rock out to mm -hmm. because it was this song that you could kind of just maybe drive around or rock out in your car to when yeah. you couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. It was a good car radio song. Yeah, yeah. So windows I, down windows down. Yeah. And that's all people really sort of had at yeah, that time. Yeah, of course. So I'm sure people a lot of big a big part of it was I just need to like get out of here. I pictured someone being like in their house with their parents all cooped up i gotta get out of here and then yeah. turning that song on and driving around feeling free for like whatever time they could just yeah. drive around and do it because you can't go to a party or you can't go to a bar so i uh, i feel very lucky that the cars were estate was like yeah you can do it because I, I i love that band i respect them two of the members are no longer with us so the fact that their families felt that it was okay for that us yeah. to do that song was also a big win because i'm a huge far of the, uh, mm -hmm. fan of the cars okay and before we have to wrap i do want to Give a shout out because you just released a new brand new single right um with a local boy 16 years old 16 kg yeah tell me tell me a little bit about about working with him and 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 the new single he's a little prodigy man he found me when i was 14. you know he left a message in my dm sometimes i sometimes i check my dms to see if like family members or like high yeah, school yeah. friends or people are reaching out and i saw this kid k north cage mm -hmm. and i was like yeah sometimes the north is a cage for me too i, yeah. I thought that <laughs> and so i I clicked on it and then he gave me some compliment about his music or said something about when he was a kid, he listened to it or his dad listened. I can't remember. No, it wasn't, it wasn't his dad, but he he said something really genuine. So I hit him back. I'm like, thanks, man. Boom. We start talking. He was 14 at the time, about it, about six months into knowing him. He was like, hey, man, I got this track. Can you check it out? I'm like, OK, this kid's like super ambitious. He's yeah, like, yeah. and he just would just send me music. I'd be like, nah, OK, that's a cool one. And then he, he had a song called Searching. We were going to do that. Never came to fruition because I started releasing singles. That's when Supernova's came out then and then he would start then one day he just hit me with the little brother like you're like everybody else you're never going to do a song with me and uh, being an older brother it kind of hit me in the heart because it's like when your younger brothers like hit you with that it means like you're neglecting them sort yeah, of yeah but i was like you're 14 like you need to just chill like yeah so 
a couple years went by, he turned 16. I gave him this track called Hot Boy, which I had some vocals on it, already had the hook and my verse, and he just killed it. Yeah. I remember I was eating tacos with my friend. He sent it. I listened to my headphones, and I, I left the table, and my, my friend's like, where are you? Because I just walked around the city listening to this kid's verse yeah. at downtown Vancouver. And I was like, let's do this. And he got stoked, and now his parents are watching him on breakfast television, and yeah. he's like out in L.A. right now. Like, I'm sitting, we're doing the interview, and like it says, you know, breakfast television, Chaos Toronto, KG, Los Angeles. I'm yeah. like, look at this dude. Yeah. He's like, already, he's, like, yeah. he's doing his thing. He's, he knows what he's doing. I yeah. think he's going to be a force to reckon with. I call him the youngest in charge. And he just taught me a lot, too, about, I'm like... Why aren't you why aren't you posting these things? He's like, Yeah, I hate when people like put an album out and this they spam you. Like he's just like this super cool kid where he's just like, I'm more low-key, bro. It's just like <laughs> okay. But he's confident, real, though. No, super confident, yeah. like tall kid, just like you know, you know, handsome kid. He's just, you know, comes from a good family, smart, and generally, generally low key. Like he's really doing it for the music. You know, I think his Instagram account says something like, you know, CEO and multi-genre artist or something like that. So it's a pleasure, man. Any new energy. I feel, I feel blessed that I can look into the eyes of and be around the youth and get inspiration because sometimes, you know, it's like your nieces, they go through a stage where they just don't want to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. you, You walk in the house when they were seven or eight, they're like, uncle Kevin, and then they turn 15, they're like, hey, yeah, you, just be, you become these super uncool people. So it's cool when they really access you and really want to want to hang out with you. It just makes you gives you more confidence that you still might might maintain the younger you, you know, yeah. uh, man, Kevin, I could talk with you all day. We could. I feel we like could we talk could. music. I feel like there's a 100 other times we'll have to do this again. A 100 percent. Anytime. Just hit yeah. me up. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Um, but for right now, go and kill tonight. I'll be shooting for the edge tonight. So I'll see you on the stage. Thank you so and, much. Uh, yeah. Have an awesome day. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.